This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. It is time for episode seven of our Pump Rules Rewind show. So of course, I am joined once again by Sammy Sage. Hey, Sammy. Hi, Dylan. I can't believe we are on our last two episodes of season one already. I know. I Obviously, when we planned out to do this series, looking ahead, you know it's only eight episodes plus reunion. And I was like, okay, that doesn't sound like a lot. But then watching it, I'm like, wow, they really have to move this story along. I mean, we've only we've recorded this, obviously, like over the course of several weeks. And so it feels like things have been taking their time to develop. But when you think about the fact that a relationship like Stassi and Frank or Jackson, Laura Lee really is like a matter of days, weeks, you know, maybe like. Oh, yeah. At one point in Jack's comments that. This was like the best sexual two weeks of my life where I actually wrote it down. He said it in the like last time on Vanderpump yeah. Rules. He said, oh, this is the most sexually fulfilled last two weeks I've ever had. Uh, the last two weeks. So and, and there won't be much time left. Um, we are talking today about episode seven, season one, in love with someone else. These, The episode yeah. titles are so dramatic, but also they're pulled like directly from... Uh, the commentary, but this episode really one of the the big things is that it is the downfall of Jax and Laura Lee's uh, romance for the ages. Um, we we start off with them going to this uh, place called Sweatshop, which is a pun that I think is uh, probably quite offensive, um, because... but not as offensive as the joke that Jax made about Jesus talking Christ. Laura Lee talking <laughs> to her dad through the glass because he was trying to say like is yeah what it's like talking to your dad who is in prison so this is a pl- sweatshop i guess is a place where you're just going in a sauna essentially instead of working out like yeah. it's very like oh it's like health and wellness and laura lee's very into this and jacks would rather be eating a burger but <laughs> the lady at the front desk is like well thank god we saved you from that it's like okay <laughs> It's like a detox thing. Yes. And Laura Lee is six days sober, she reveals. Yes. So we we were told in a prior episode that Laura Lee was, I think, five months sober. We know that in the past she has been addicted to meth, but currently I think alcohol is kind of her more, you know, present addiction. But yeah, the the revelation that she is now only six days sober and Jack's really can't handle the idea of dealing with somebody who is like actively struggling with addiction. I think he he was fine when he was able to compartmentalize it and be like, damn, she's had a rough past. And like, that sounds crazy. But like now she just wants to fuck all the time and she's real good at it. Right. I also don't want to like blame Jax for Laura Lee's sobriety 10 years ago. But I have a feeling that getting involved with him and the sort of emotional roller coaster that that very short relationship was 
was not good for her sobriety. I mean, I feel like it's famously a rule that if someone's trying to stay sober that you're not really supposed to get into any like serious relationships or it's like not advised just because it can become sort of like a a crutch similar to a drug. So I just feel like to me, those things can't be separated most likely. Definitely not. I mean, they're, they go to, I guess it's an AA meeting. They never actually really like explain what this gathering is, but it seems like people are going around sharing their stories and whatnot. Maybe maybe Bravo couldn't get clearance to film a real AA meeting, so this is just kind of like a, a hangout. AA meeting. <laughs> maybe they got like people to improv an AA meeting. Or real people who were like agreeing to film an A, whatever, you know, an um, informal one. But Laura Lee sh- starts sharing in this meeting and, uh, you know, she's talking about her past in really honest terms that she was, you know, stealing money from her parents and really, you know, in a dark place as an addict. And Jax just cannot handle this information he looks like he's gonna shit a brick um he asks to go talk to her they step aside he says that he likes her a lot but spending every day together is a bit much and he wants to be able to miss her so he wants to spend time with her and then they part ways for a couple days and then he can be like man i miss her so much um and then he says this is rough he says it's a full-time job to date somebody that's an alcoholic and it's like Yeah. It it really does. I don't think that he's like expressly blaming the problems on her, but he certainly is blaming the problems for why things aren't great between them. Yeah, I think that he, that's just what he's grabbing onto. But he also says to her when he wa- says that he wants to slow it down, he says, I want to slow it down a little bit, but not our intimate vibes. I don't want to slow that down. So basically he just wants to fuck her. Because he had said he'd have the most sexually fulfilling last two weeks of his life. But he doesn't want to deal with her emotionally, which she's while she's clearly getting very attached to him because they're spending, in her words, like all day together. So I think for him, she was a distraction from Stasi and also mm-hmm. trying to kind of like play games with Stasi at the same time by making her jealous. And Laura Lee's like in a really key part of staying sober for herself. And she is like now emotionally in the throes of dealing with Jax, who is famously an amazing liar and quite emotionally manipulative. Right. And it it is, it's tough to see Laura Lee kind of get dragged into this thing that really should have nothing to do with her, that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all of these issues that are happening with the group that ends up being the main cast of the show. And Laura Lee is kind of like collateral damage in the most depressing way. And, I mean, we'll we'll talk later. She she gets to um she gets to live her dream for a, a little bit. But um, well, she was on Gossip Girl. So <laughs> Laura Lee's I acting career that can be a, a separate conversation for a separate time. You know, I do just want to say Pedro Pascal made like one appearance on Nine Hundred Two One Zero when he was younger, and now he's him. So That's we true. could be seeing Laura Lee on a prestige network in any time now. Also, Laura looked- Lee, if you're out there. <laughs> Get out there. I went to her auditions. Wikipedia page. She's still only 32 years old. Like, okay, so she has she's time. younger than me. She has yeah. time. <laughs> she could is, be 40 under 40. That is wild to think that it's like we're watching this show from 10 years ago and she's still only 32 years old. Like, she, I mean, she was a little younger than Stassi, um, I think. Stassi's famously 23 years old. Right. 
so she's an adult and she needs an adult partner. It is it is kind of crazy to watch this season and and think about their ages because now they're all just kind of like grown adults. But at this time, it's like Stassi was so young. You know, they were all. I mean, some of them were younger than others, but just like a different time. Totally different time. So there's this rooftop pool scene. And all of a sudden, I mean, Sheena really is kind of like the the central figure in the group. Kristen and Stassi both want to hang out with Sheena, but not with each other. And it is like, again, how short this season is, the amount that has to happen in just a few episodes. It is wild, the trajectory of Sheena in this season. And I forgot that she really ended season one kind of as the, the number one girl in the group almost. Right. Well, if you think about it, it makes sense dramaturgically because she started on the bottom and it the show is clearly centered around Sheena and Stassi that was like the formal storyline looking back like Sheena and Stassi are enemies and then they're friends and you know Sheena comes in and the upstart who challenges Stassi's reign and you know it really like you couldn't have written it better yeah. So they're at this event. Um, you know, Stasi has to work on her column for Pandora. More on that in a minute. Oh um, Kristen was mad because there was like, she got invited over text, but then she wanted there to be like a specific follow up text, I guess, like begging her to come. Saying, <laughs> I think they were saying, like, should we text Kristen? And they were like, she was already invited. And they were like, no, Stasi was, Stasi didn't want them to encourage Kristen to come, but they were saying, like, she'll feel bad if we don't encourage her to come. Right. Even then, though, ironically, if if anyone were to do that, it would be Stassi. Yeah. Who would be mad that she wasn't, like, begged to come somewhere. Right. So then Kristen does ultimately show up. She acts, you know, she and Stassi are pretty cold toward each other, but Stassi says that she doesn't want to be rude or classless or inconvenience anyone, so she's going to pretend that things are okay with Kristen. Okay. So weird. My subtitles for that said I don't want to be rude or classist. And I was like really trying to understand what I rewound it three times. I was like, what about this? Did they cut something out that was it sound, make this classist? I didn't so have I subtitles confused. on. I didn't have okay. subtitles on, but I did have to watch it a couple times because it sounded like she said classist. But I also was like, that doesn't make sense. But it right, is funny. Nothing she said before or after. Yeah. Even. There has been numerous times this season that the women have thrown out the idea of being classy or classless. And it's just so funny that they have this idea that anything about this show feels classy. (laughs) Well, I think it's like, you know, I feel like, okay, what year was Money Can't Buy You Class Out? Because I do feel like in the early years of Bravo, Bravo's come up, that the concept of class was frequently weaponized. Yeah. by its by its cast members on almost every show like have some class like that was always kind of a a thing that women were like that was really held on a pedestal as a quality that you should have yeah in reality tv for and like reason. the the aesthetic of these women who are in their 20s, trying to look put together and on a budget, you know, that they want to look classy. They're going to throw on a big statement necklace. They're going to throw on a a nice going out top and put their hair up in a a big bun. And that is classy, whether it has anything to do with like actual like class status is kind of classy behavior. 
Right. Like, okay, we're all we're all here for one reason. There is an interest. I just do want to say there is an interesting correlation between someone's obsession with class and their fondness for statement necklaces. I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, the the countess herself. (laughs) Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. So then we we head up up the mountain to Villa Rosa, where Lisa and Pandora are at their wits end with Stasi because <laughs> Pandora, so as a reminder, Stasi is a writer for The Divine Addiction, uh, Pandora's website. And Pandora tells us that Stasi is supposed to be doing two columns a week on the website and that Pandora hasn't received a column from Stasi in two months. And, okay, I'm sorry. Hearing that, it's like, fire her. <laughs> Why on earth has this not been addressed already? Right. Like, haven't you said something? Why is this the first time this conversation's happening? And then they're just going to basically, not to spoil it or anything, but they're going to basically tell her she has another chance. I mean, I don't think that's spoiling it. It's like a 10-year-old yeah, ten, ten episode fair of enough. TV that we're spending that 20 we're minutes talking about. So they bring Stassi in for this meeting. Pandora's rattling at, off At her all, house. At, at Lisa's house. At Lisa's house. Pandora says that she has 25 to 35 people working for her, which like- She must mean freelancers. 
I guess. There, there's, they have to be freelancers. <laughs> like, come on. You, that's how a website would work in those days. Like, she means like 25 to 35 people who submit columns. I don't ever remember the, the content being that robust. But <laughs> maybe it's because they were all like Stasi and only <laughs> things in once every two months. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, Divine Addiction might have been uh, hot on Betches.com's heels. <laughs> Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I mean, only one of us made it through the phases, the different phases of media. Pandora, if you need a job, <laughs> we have twenty-five to thirty-five people who you can manage. Oh my god! But so Stasi says that she fell off track, and it's been a rough two months. Um, and so, of course, they're going to give her a little extension, but it's the last one. Um, but yeah, it's like you, you fell off track, like right, right. Up. It's like a five hundred word. <laughs> okay, I do just want to say. So now I'm understanding that the filming was like a two month period. That yes. This whole thing was kind of going through. And that makes sense why Jackson and Laura Lee would only be two weeks. So, okay, I just want to say that every time they've shown what Stasi is doing for the Divine Addiction, and maybe we can Google it and see if it's still around. But she, one t- at one point when she was talking to Frank about her column, it was literally just like the head or like casual chic. <laughs> 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 do you remember like yeah. and, and frank was was redoing her whole closet because she had to write her column about casual chic okay and then in this episode while she and pandora's calling her while she's on the roof with Kristen and, mm-hmm. and all of them <laughs> and trying to not be near Kristen. so she pandora's calling her she doesn't answer her because she doesn't have the column this precedes the meeting that happens at lisa's eventually and they show her laptop for a second and it's literally like a bullet, like probably maybe between 10 and 15 bullets of just like a few words, but not even full sentences that are going to become a column. And she, and then they show her ordering a tequila soda from the, <laughs> she's like, can I have another tequila drink, please? From the bartender while she's literally has her laptop open on the bar and just like, you know, a few words on bullet points. I'm like, this is, this is what you haven't been turning in. And also (laughs) the irony is that like Lisa's whole thing is like, well, I give Stasi special treatment at at Sir because she works for Pandy and (laughs) he's friends with Pandy. And I don't know. Pandora really seemed to pull rank in that conversation. Did you pick that up? Yeah. I mean, Stassi shows up to the roof with her computer and she's like, I have to do this thing or Pandora is going to kill me. And Sheena's like, girl, there's no Wi-Fi up here. And she's like, fuck. And it's like, you don't need Wi-Fi to write like a few sentences on a Word document. (laughs) Right. And like. She's not doing like meticulous research online. Right. It's like your opinions on casual chic. (laughs) I, I I will do some digging and see if like the Wayback Machine still has any of those Divine Addiction columns because, God, I would love to know what Stassi thought about Casual Chic in 2012. Same. We should also try to get a screenshot of her bullet-pointed list. I'm curious what was there. Was it statement necklaces? Yeah, I will I will dive into that and let you know. Um, but <laughs> we get a, a fun like little in-between scene of both of the Toms and Jack's allegedly working out in the park they're really like just you know r- playing i don't yeah, <laughs> it felt like a, a play date they were like not working out not working out um but Jax is in disbelief that tom and katie hung out alone the night before he's like he's like no man that's lame you gotta you gotta hang out with the bros <laughs> but they're talking about how both Kristen and katie 
always tell their boyfriends how good of a boyfriend Jax was to Stasi. And knowing what is about to come in the finale next episode, it is wild to see how hard these people are still kind of like caping for Jax. They they all want him to be the number one guy in the group. They're happy to be like his – I mean, maybe Sandoval was, wasn't really happy about it yet, but they – they like kind of treat him with deference the way mm-hmm. the women treat Stasi. It's very interesting. I also forgot Jax or Tom Sandoval is really not that present in these episodes. Like he was in the cast at the time. There were, you know, there were only six of them, but it really feels like the women and Jax are carrying 95% of the storyline and Tom Sandoval is just kind of there. And I, I hadn't really recalled that, but it was, you know, watching these last two episodes of the season, I was like, I don't feel like Sandoval is really giving anything. No, he really wasn't. I think they probably weren't even like sure if he was going to be part of the, part of the like main cast at that point. And that's why I think there's always been sort of this like latent rivalry between mm. Him and Jax, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Jax, for better or for worse, is so pivotal to the story happening. I, I It feels like, in a way, it's it's the Stasi and Sheena thing, but also Jax is just so present. In this episode especially, I mean, the stuff that's going on with him and Laura Lee, his stuff with Stasi in next episode in the finale, like, it does, you know, Jack. like, I don't think there's any denying that in this season, Jax was the number one guy in the group. Oh, for sure. And it was structured that way. It was structured around Stassi, Jax, and Sheena. If Sheena wasn't dating Shay, then there would have probably been a whole love triangle there too, or potential for it. Or like she would have been messing with someone else in the group. You know, I think that like they were working with what they had and they knew that Stassi would make the most, Stassi was kind of like, in the in real life, she was Mm-hmm. the ringleader. So I think they were like, okay, Stassi's going to be the ringleader. We're going to play that up. And, you know, she has this drama with Jax. Jax fucks anyone. So just like put girls in front of him and you'll have a story. Yeah. Speaking of Sheena, her kind of like thing this episode is that Lisa's having this dinner for her friend, Mohammed, Mohammed Hadid. Mohammed. And um, it, so Sheena was originally asked to work at this dinner, but then it turns out that Brandy is going to be there. So Lisa drops Sheena from the dinner, but Kristen is getting pulled from her sir shift to work the dinner. So Sheena's going to get sent to do Kristen's shift, but Sheena wasn't supposed to work that night originally, and she had to miss, miss a big audition to do it. So she's like pissed off about having to work at Sir, and she decides to leave. Th- I mean, this whole thing is kind of like neither here nor there in terms of the actual storyline. But I was a little bit annoyed that the whole actual like Brandy and whatever housewives storyline was kept off of Vanderpump rules because there was all this talk. I'm sure watching the episodes like back to back, they probably connected a little bit more, but I'm like, I want to see Brandy. Like, why are we talking around Brandy, but we never see her on Vanderpump Rules? I wonder if that was like a production thing. Like maybe they were filming for both shows kind of simultaneously and maybe they didn't want to like pay Brandy to be on Vanderpump Rules or something like, or maybe she didn't want to be on it. Maybe it was like, you know, I feel like that was probably, I feel like if that they could have made that happen, it, 
would have probably happened. Yeah, I agree. Because why wouldn't they want that? I agree. I think it definitely felt like a production contractual thing. But I think the the storytelling would have felt more natural if we then like also saw Lisa's party on this episode. Because it was a little bit like, okay, we're watching all of the mechanics of who's working there, but then not the actual event. Yeah, it doesn't really. Right. I was expecting to see them. And I think today they would have made sure that that happened. But I have a feeling that maybe Brandy was like, I do not want to interact with Sheena at all. Because yeah. what Lisa was saying was that it was like a few weeks later, you know, that it, it was still raw for her. And I think that it really was like, I don't think that Brandy was playing this up. Like, I think she was really hurt. Well, if this. you uh, if you follow Brandy Glanville on Twitter, which I can't quite recommend, but, you know, <laughs> she's she's on there. She still fucking hates Sheena. So... No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. I think Sheena's heart is in the right place, but that relationship is never actually going to be good. No. And I think that, fine. Like, she doesn't have to be good, especially not so soon after. Yeah. But I actually find it interesting when they... Well, first, can you imagine what the world would be like if Sheena went to that audition? <laughs> like, what if she got the part and this... Audition you know, for what? Like, uh, we don't even know, though. It's so nebulous. The pink like, Power Ranger? <laughs> it's so it's so vague what these people are actually doing and for. striving for. Aside from Laura Lee, it feels like, okay, you're you're doing a photo shoot. You're at band. Like, well, they get paid for that. I get, I, yeah. They get paid for that for photo shoots. And then Sheena, I believe, was, like, auditioning to be in things. Yeah. Like, everyone in L.A. was. Like, that was... They all were doing that, except maybe I don't think Stassi was really doing that. No. I don't really think Katie or Kristen were. Stassi was busy with her bullet points and word documents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Telling you how to wear a bandit skirt. <laughs> Stassi and Laura Lee have a little talk at Sir, which I, ugh, it was it was tough to get through. Um, Laura Lee says she's not afraid of Stassi. She calls her spoiled. Um, spooled little spooled. brat. So Stassi drags her for how she says spoiled. Um, she calls Laura Lee a single white female. And then Laura Lee says, you need to take your victim tampon out of your ass and take some responsibility. <laughs> I'm so happy because that's the one quote I wrote down from the whole thing also. <laughs> it's just perfect. The, Laura Lee is, she's like really extra. funny. Laura Lee and the most extras. <laughs> she's, she really is. Like she is, I don't know. I find Laura Lee such a great, really underrated character. And I don't know. I, I love how they create conflict using their like work dynamics. That's something that we're missing now. And I think yeah. that's why the the show has become started to feel more produced in later years because they didn't have to actually have conflicts being around each other. Right. Stasi and Laura Lee having this full-blown argument and then Stasi huffing, you know, Peter walking in and being like, "You guys cut it out. You're at work." And Stasi begging to be cut from her shift and he's like, "It's a, it's a Friday night." Like uh, like what? What do you want me to do? It's a Friday night. <laughs> I was also very concerned because was this the same night as the Muhammad party? Because are we now down Kristen and we're down Sheena and we're down Stassi? Like, is this all one night that we are? It's a down little, all these servers. It's a little tough. I think that was a different day because then in between we see Lisa going to see Tom Sandoval and her son Max perform at the Viper Room. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just you know, oh my random bits of uh, of of scenes in between. Um, but then 
there's a whole nother scene at Sir that we have to talk about at the end of the episode where Jax is crying at the bar. He asks he asks Stasi to talk and he tells her that he wants her to keep him in mind, give him a chance. Um, he doesn't have another girl in the picture and that Laura Lee was just a distraction. Stasi tells him, not right now, but maybe someday, you know, keep keep trying. Maybe in a year or two. Maybe, maybe in a year or two. Um, but this is when we get the the Laura Lee and Jax blowout that is really just something to behold. Um, basically, it seems like Jax pretty much ghosted Laura Lee, according to her. Yeah. I mean, she says that he hasn't, he went from seeing her every day to not answering her texts and calls. This is where I get confused with the timeline. Like, did St- when did Stassi tell off Laura Lee and then beg to be off her shift? Then when did Jax beg for Stassi back, hysterically crying? And then I assume that there had to have been a few a few days between the begging and the yeah and the you know this conversation. My favorite part of this was was that Jax was trying to actively bartend, and <laughs> there was like two people waiting. He's like, for- uh, yeah, vodka soda. Okay, okay. Uh, he's a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, sorry, I just gotta get one more ingredient here. This bitch is crazy. It's the most, her. That moment is the most Jax has ever focused on his job because Laura Lee is like yelling in his face and he's like, uh, sorry, you know, gotta gotta ring up another strawberini. Like <laughs> he's like, Are you really gonna do this now with people? I mean he's I'm so sorry about this. I hate to give Jax credit, but Laura Lee was, I would say, being extremely unprofessional as an employee in that moment. She's like yelling at the customers that he doesn't want you to know that he's a horrible human being. He says, you want me to hang out with you while I'm still in love with someone else? That's a knife, that one down a too. dagger in the heart. She, uh, she says that he defriended her on Facebook without saying anything. That was his way of breaking up with her. Very 2012. And then, of course, fucked up. Her, her iconic comment about, um, sorry, I've been inside of you every day without protection (laughs) she is just she this is why you got to bring her back on the show like she was perfect you know she made her mark on this show but also my favorite is that she's like you can't bully me out of here until i am on the red carpet with a job and you're gonna say you wish you were nice to me then (laughs) it's like okay that you really are letting it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, true to her word, we'll find out what happens in the season finale. But uh, but Laura Lee, not long for this uh, serving job at Sir. This can't be good for her sobriety. I do I have know. to say it's that. So like, I, I feel like this is the moment to say, Laura Lee, thank you for your dramatic contributions this season. But we really, really just want you to be well. Yes, yes. And I'm going to find out what she's up to now. Or, you know... As soon as we get off this, I'm going to go look her <laughs> You up. do your research on Laura Lee. I'll find the Divine Addiction uh, posts from 2012, and we'll meet back here and discuss. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks so much, Sammy, for being back here with me. You're welcome. I will see you on the next episode. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. We will be back next week with the season finale. Um, and until next time, be cool. Don't be all, like, uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter.
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.